One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. But, Bill, you were all over the papers over the weekend with Lucid Talk and, indeed, the figures showing that the DUP are na- have narrowed the gap on Sinn Féin and there's also an issue, if we look uh, more closely at it, no surprise, I suppose, that uh, almost half of Sinn Féin supporters wouldn't see a career in the police as something they would recommend. We've discussed that in the past. Just remind us, for people who weren't reading the Belfast Telegraph over the weekend, of the main points of your research, Bill. All oh, right, okay. Yeah, no, certainly, Frank, uh, good morning. Um uh, yes, the, the research, uh, we do these polls quarterly, as you, as you know, and, um, the last poll showed the UUP have a incredibly low score at 13%. Uh, this time they've bounced back five points to 18%. Um, as I always say, you must always take into account when the polls were done. They're a snapshot in time. They're approximate to give an approximate feel for, uh, feelings and views at that particular period of time. The time of their August poll was taken, our summer poll. Uh, the, it was just after the, uh, Edwin Poots leadership of 23 days. Jeffrey Donaldson had just taken over. So it was a very tumultuous time for the DUP. And not surprisingly, a large section of their voter base and others, uh, weren't too enamored with him. And so they, you know, obviously the whole image was pretty bad at that time as far as the DUP was concerned with the 23-day leadership from Edwin Poots and then, you know, handing over to Jeffrey Donaldson. So they bounced back a little bit in this poll, but they're still significantly behind, you know, six points behind Sinn Féin and 24%. Alliance are up two points, a little bit at 15%, coming back to that normal mid-team score. Well, it's a very high score compared to the last election, but it's the score that people, they, they got at the European election, uh, that mid-team score. UUP are down two points, showing that uh, maybe, yes, there's they're still a reasonable score for the UUP compared to their previous scores, but maybe the, the sort of moment, the forward momentum they had with Doug, Doug Beattie is uh, wearing off a little bit. The SDLP are down one point. They they tend to be constant around that 12 to 13% Northern Ireland wide vote share mark. TUV are down 11, this was down three points, sorry, 11% down three points. And the other parties, Green Party, are stable in terms of what they were in the previous score. So that's a sort of summary of uh, the situation, Frank, as far as Northern Ireland vote shares are concerned. So um, who did you think was the happiest over the weekend? What, what, what was it, you know, Sinn, Sinn Féin's still very strong, even though they're down, um, you know, v- very strong. Uh, Jeffrey Donaldson getting that bit of a, a, a bounce, or the, the Alliance Party looking like as if they'd corrected their, their uh, structures? 
Yes, well, I think I think the most happiest would be the DUP. I think they would have been worried if um, not to put too much importance on our polls, but uh, <laughs> I know they look at them. Uh, the, uh, they would have been concerned if they'd been at the same score of 13% or around that that they got in our previous summer poll. So they're moving in the right direction. Still a lot of work to do. Sinn Féin, yes, or mid-20s, you said, uh, Frank, they are pretty constant at that level. But again, they're, it's, it's steady as you go with Sinn Féin. They're not exactly rough anywhere they're not going up um, they're not maybe advancing in the polls here as they are in the south um, they are actually advancing quite comfortably in the south they're now becoming in most polls not only level with Finnegale but they're actually drawing ahead of them so it's it's um, Sinn Féin will be hap- satisfied I think is the word but maybe they could be privately saying look how do we get a bit of momentum here uh, and build on more to our vote rather than just sticking around the the 24 25% northern ireland wide vote share mark but the most pleased would be the dup alliance um, maybe less so but still pleased that they're moving forward and have got that forward momentum in the polls it's important that in polls it's not only the score you get it's the momentum that you have in the direction you're moving is important so i think but I, I do think yes the dup will be reasonably pleased but we must always build into this frankly expectation in that <laughs> that dup score that's 12 13 points down from where they were and the very the last northern ireland election which was the 2019 northern ireland general election so it's although they've moved up uh, you must understand you know it's a bit uh, it's a bit like the you know the football team that's uh, lost 5-0 uh, but the following week they only lose 3-0 and i think that's a good result it's a little bit of that sort of syndrome so you must always put this uh, you know in the in the terms to what the last election performance was the timing of any progress that unionists would see with regards to protocol is that vital to the dup in relation to the next assembly election, that they can ride whatever wave they're going to get from whatever uh, Lord Frost and company are going to do. Uh, well, that's the, yes, indeed, Frank. I, I would I would say that the uh, the protocol is a major uh, factor the in, in the uh, debate in what the, how people are making their voting decisions. You know, our research shows that uh, we did a. Um, a poll question on that with regard to, you know, what what would be your preference in terms of, you know, Northern Ireland and the UK, Northern Ireland and joining the European Union again, or some sort of form of Northern Ireland protocol. And it showed that the unionists were more enamoured to say, well, look, we need some sort of Northern Ireland special relationship. There's a, you know, a, a chunk of unionists are feeling that. And along with obviously the unionists who, um, you know, want Northern Ireland to stay in the UK, that sort of means that Overall, there's a, a sort of momentum within unionism to say we need some sort of special relationship, which, aka, which is also known as the Northern Ireland Protocol. But the, uh, you know, the format of that is what the big debate is about. And of course, that's what the negotiations are about at the moment, Frank. But it is a, it is a vital factor in the whole view in terms of how unionism are viewing their voting intentions, etc. I don't know if if the protocol gets solved or they come up with some solution before the next election. Um, if they, uh, you know, if the talks continue and they do some sort of alterations or whatever and to keep it going in the interim or whatever, that may suit the DUP because they can, you know, put forward the view that, you know, we are negotiating hard, we're keeping pressure on the British government, you know, vote for us because we are the party that are strongest in this uh, particular, with this particular um, issue. So it's, it's, um, it's a difficult one. It's a very complex issue. I mean, it's, it's something that from polling terms of concern, it's hard to get a proper question 
to find out what people really feel about the Northern Ireland Protocol issue. But um, you know, we we believe our question is fairly fairly robust and uh, obviously shows this pattern of a section of unionism, uh, you know, agreeing that uh, just one over one and three agree that Northern Ireland, you know, of unionists, that is, um, agree that there should be some form of Northern Ireland special relationship, uh, which is also known as the Northern Ireland Protocol. And finally, uh, Bill, just, you know, to get you to stick your neck out this far away from the mm-hmm. finishing line and <laughs> decide which party will have the right to nominate for first minister come the election, which party do you think it'll be? Uh, well, at the moment, we have to say that Sinn Féin have got that. Uh, the, the probability, I would say, and of course, polling comes with the, the warning and it's a snapshot in time. Uh, I certainly will answer your question firmly in our last poll before the election, Frank, because obviously that's the one's closest to the election. And that's the one we will stand by in terms of forecasting, if you like, or giving the most accurate forecast of what the assembly election is going to be, because we're all human beings and we all change our minds. Um, and the DEP voter base and the Sinn Féin voter base are no different to that. But certainly Sinn Féin have got a comfortable lead now. They're benefiting from the, if you like, the split in the unionist family. You know, the, the fluidity of vote movements among the unionist parties is quite high. You even know that anecdotally, just talking to people, Frank, you just listen to people and they're changing their minds, and they're etc, etc, when they used to be fairly solid behind one particular unionist party. So Sinn Féin certainly would have that, have that uh, you know, would be the probable party to be picking up the first minister spot but that could change uh you know between now and the election we did actually ask frank just for your interest uh, would union would people accept uh sorry you, we did poll unionists only within this poll and asked them would they accept you know if they did the Sinn Féin did take the first minister post would they take up the deputy should a unionist party take up the deputy first minister's post and unions are pretty much split in that 49 percent say yes 41 percent say no a whopping 41 percent say no and we analyzed that by DUP voters it's 51 percent no so a majority of DUP voters say if Sinn Féin take the first minister post then the DUP or another unionist party should not take the deputy first minister's post. UUP voters are the other way. That's where the average in the votes come out. They're 77%. Yes, they should take the first minister's post. Or sorry, the deputy first minister's post. And 87% of TUV voters say no. They, 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 the unions party should not take the deputy first minister's post if the Sinn Féin uh, take the first minister's post. So that sort of gives a feel of unionist feeling on the issue. If you average all those out, of course, DUP, UUP and TUV, you get the sort of, well, a slight yes, 49% yes, taking the deputy first minister's post, 41% no, but in polling terms, 10% don't know. In polling terms, that's getting close to 50-50, Frank. So unions are sort of split on the issue of whether they should take the deputy first minister's post if Sinn Féin take the first minister's post, you know. Bill, always good to have you talk us through it. Thank you very much, Bill White from Lucid uh, Talk. And as they say in Adage Land, it's all to play for. Uh, let me speak to Professor John Tong about this, who's been keeping a very watchful eye on it over the uh, weekend, indeed, from the uh, university across in in Liverpool. And, of course, if you are just joining us here on the programme, you are uh, very welcome indeed. Um, now, you may have seen all the graphs and the figures over the uh, weekend, and I'm uh, going to be speaking to John next on the programme. We've got a, a slight issue with his line at present, but we'll uh, do our very best to get him uh, right after uh, this here on U105. Are you tired of meals for one? <sighs> Looking for that special someone to share it with? 
Then look no further, because the answer is right here. U105 Dating. Get involved right now and meet similar singles in your area. Go to u105dating.co.uk. Make sure your next meal is a romantic one with U105 Dating. And John is on the line. Morning, John. Good morning, Frank. Uh, John, just with regards to what Bill was saying there at the very end and, you know, uh, with re- in relation to the question about who's in the box seat to take the first minister's position next time round, do you think we're going to be in a position, going by everything as the polls uh, show at present, that Sinn Féin will be in that position, but there'll be no no assembly, no executive? It's a real risk. I think Lucy Talk asked some very, very interesting questions for this latest poll. And one of the most interesting was the one that Bill just highlighted, which showed quite clearly that that Eunice was split down the middle almost on whether uh, the DUP should take a deputy first ministership or Eunice more broadly if they were to lose the first ministership. So even though those powers are the same, the First Minister and Deputy First Minister are co-equals, they're not badged as such, and therefore Eunice would think it was a, a symbolic defeat. Many people would think that is very, very undemocratic to not accept the Deputy First Ministership. After all, you know, it, the, the First Ministership goes to the party with the most assembly seats, and you know, that's democracy if it happens not to be uh, a, a Eunice. But it's quite clear, and, and the, the, figure, the, late, the figure that Bill quoted there, 51% of DUP supporters believe that the DUP should not nominate for Deputy First Minister uh, if they're in that position. That's pretty ominous, I think, for the institutions. You know, I, I, I thought that support for the institutions was at least sufficiently high that you know, a, majority of, a clear majority of units would, would back continuing to support those institutions, even if Sinn Féin came out top at the next assembly election, but, that, but that's not the case. And I think, you know, it is ominous because if you, if you look at the bill was very circumspect there about calling the next election. That's quite right. We're still 170 days out from it. But if you look at the bookmakers, it's almost a done deal. I mean, you know, Sinn Féin are five to one on to get the most assembly seats, which would give Michelle O'Neill the first ministership. And you can get six to one about the DUP. And that's quite a big difference, according to the bookmakers. But if that was to transpire as the bookmakers expect, then there would be serious, serious questions as to whether the institutions are survivable because the DUP may well choose not to nominate a deputy first minister. How would that make Northern Ireland look in the eyes of the rest of the UK or indeed right across Europe or in, uh, from a global perspective? Would the unionists come across as, you know, basically choking on sour grapes? Yes, I think that's the way it would appear. I mean, because... The DUP has been happy to nominate um, ever since they've become the largest party. They became the largest unionist party in 2003 at a phantom election, which when the assembly had already crashed in 2002. Uh, the St. Andrews Agreement in, in 2006, which basically put the devolution show back on the road, was to some extent the DUP Sinn Féin stitch up in the sense that they agreed that you know the, the party, the largest party with, in the largest designation, would provide the first ministership. Well, it looked pretty cosy for the DUP then, because the DUP was clearly the largest party uh, within the largest designation, and that's why the, you know Ian Paisley then went into government to, to then walk away um, because you're no longer top dog. Looks bad. The optics, frankly, uh, look terrible. Now, 
you know, the DUP can legitimately say, look, hang, hang on, you know, there's been times when we've stayed in the uh, Assembly on sufferance. We've had British direct rule in terms of everything from same-sex marriage to abortion to what is promised now in terms of an Irish Language Act, what is promised in terms of a, a statute of limitations stroke amnesty. Uh, Sinn Féin walked out in 2017. That sort of stuff will be thrown back. But in terms of, you know, accepting the verdict of the, the electorate, um, yeah, I, th- I think the optics would, would be terrible. What could unionists do, in particular the DUP, to convince their electorate that maybe it would be a good idea to stay in if they were deputy first minister? And indeed, what could Sinn Féin do to give the DUP the confidence to continue to play the game? Well, the post should have been retitled long ago, and this is the fault of both the main, the largest parties, really. The post should have been retitled co-first minister a long time ago, because that, that is what they are. There is no difference. I mean, but Ian Paisley used to refer to Martin McGuinness as, as my deputy. And, you know, there, in terms of statutory powers, the first minister and deputy first minister are, are exactly the same. And they should be called that, therefore. They should, therefore, be called co-first ministers. This would avoid all, all this nonsense, quite frankly, but it's not been done. And to change the title now, just it looks as like the DUP might, and it's only a might, might lose that position, then it w- would look you know, r- rather bad. I mean, the, the game's not up for the DUP. I mean, what the Lucid Talk poll also shows, and the University of Liverpool poll showed the week before, was that the DUP are on the up again, that they are rallying. And, you know, they, on the University of Liverpool poll, they were within 4% of Sinn Féin, and they were within 6% of Sinn Féin in the Lucid Talk poll. That's still way down, it should be said, for, for the DUP from, from where they were, but, you know, they're still in the game. And if you think of all the chaos that has been there within the DUP o- over this year, the fact that Geoffrey Donaldson has taken them back up to within sight of Sinn Féin might be you know, construed as, as remarkable in itself. And I think the other big question, the interesting question that Lucy Talk asked in this latest poll was where they asked about if it was, if, a, if as a unionist voter it became clear that a different unionist party had the best chance of coming ahead of Sinn Féin in the election, would you change your vote? And nearly one in three unionists said, yes, we would change our vote. That obviously helps the DUP. Now it appears that the DUP is back in poll position within unionism and is the only party that could beat Sinn Féin. Then, you know, if one in three unionists are prepared to switch and go for the DUP, that, again, puts Jeffrey Donaldson right back in the game. So this scenario might be avoided. But, you know, if I, you know, if I had to have a, a, a bet at this stage, and I wouldn't, uh, then, you know, the, the odds would be on, on Michelle O'Neill and, and Sinn Féin taking the first, first ministership because whichever poll you look at, uh, and over some period of time now, Sinn Féin have been ahead of the DUP. And just, just finally, uh, John, you know, Pete Sherlow, the, the, the one you were referring to, Professor uh, Pete Sherlow's uh, research done at the University of Liverpool, is it similar generally in the findings of Lucid Talk? Can we look at both polls and say, yeah, the parties should cock an ear to all of this? Well, in terms of party support, yeah, there's not huge differences between uh, between the two polls. Uh, I think the you know, Pete Sherlow's, uh, which was done by Social Market Research, that one had uh, the DUP a little higher uh, and therefore a little closer to Sinn Féin. Support for the other parties was, was very similar to Lucid Talks, with the exception that the Liverpool one had the TUV lower around 6%, whereas Lucid Talk have the TUV 11%. But it's very, very similar. What I've not seen is the Lucid Talk constitutional 
question because that that's where Liverpool's got criticised, where it had 59% saying Northern Ireland should stay in the UK, whereas the normal figure, and that includes Liverpool, previous Liverpool surveys, has been around 50, 51% Northern Ireland in the UK, uh, albeit they've they've always tended to differ in the past from Lucid Talk in terms of level of support for a United Ireland. Um, so I'd need to look at the Lucid Talk poll for that. But in terms of party support, yeah, the polls were... Polls were similar, and obviously Lucid Talk can turn around and, and point to their record at the last general election, which was, was very accurate in terms of vote share for each party uh, at the last general election. Um, so you know, I think there's a clear, there's clear trends here. At, at the moment, according to the polls, you've got Sinn Féin in first place, the DUP in second place, and Alliance in, in, a, in a clear uh, third place. And you, if you think Alliance can overhaul the big two, you can get 13 to 1 uh, about them at the moment at the, at the bookmakers. I mean, they're not that far behind. You know, they're, they're only 3% behind the DUP and 9% behind Sinn Féin in terms of the lucid talk poll. So you've, you've got a clear 1, 2, 3 at the moment. I suppose that's disappointing news for, for, for Doug Beatty's UUP. You know, what has happened to the BT bounce? Um, but the UUP is polling higher than it was, you know, at, prior to the, the last assembly election at least. So there has been a bounce. The question is, is the UUP still bouncing? And I think there is a question mark over that. John, thank you very much. Uh, Professor John Tong from the University of Liverpool with us here on the U105 uh, phone-in. In the sunshine, indeed. Uh, good morning. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cosy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.